Well, today we do have the wonderful privilege of hearing from one of our missionaries as they're going to come and open God's word for us. Um, But he is so much more than that. He is dad to our senior pastor. He is Babu to his grandchildren. He is a faithful servant of the Lord along with his wife, Mary, uh, in Tanzania, Africa. And from a personal standpoint, and many of you can attest to this, he is a wonderful friend. And it is a great privilege for me to introduce Mr. Vernon Smith this morning. Wow, thank you, Pastor Kent, for that introduction. I appreciate that. And uh, thank you, worship team. Great worship this morning. And in fact, um, I, I can see there's a difficulty sometimes for a preacher who's saving his voice for the preaching, but the tendency is to sing all of that voice away in the, in the worship time. Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year. In Tanzania, we say Happy New Year for months after the new year because culturally if you haven't seen that person in the new year then they deserve to be given a happy new year greeting even as far as March or April we will continue to do that well as many of you know Mary and I have been in the USA for a furlough regrouping and reporting to churches getting ready for another term in Tanzania it's been an absolute joy to be here at Heritage we've enjoyed the wonderful teaching and preaching of God's word. Thank you, HBC, for the global ministry that is so integrally woven throughout the church ministries as a whole. The emphasis upon local evangelism and world evangelism, and the emphasis on the exposition of the word of God, as well as the emphasis on preparing and caring for local workers and global workers, truly is second to none. And we truly are grateful to have been a part of all this for these months. Now, while today's message is not a missionary report per se, I do want to give you a quick glimpse into the ministry of Tanzania as a bit of an introduction to the message this morning. Now, some of you may know that on September the 6th, 2020, with standing room only in the crowd, uh, we were able to end our five-year transition period and able to, as a church, install Pastor Abraham Stanislaus as the lead pastor of the Arusha Church Ministry. And those of you who have been to Tanzania know him. Abraham was saved 18 years ago through our volleyball and sports ministries, and he's been with us ever since. Now at age 35, married, two kids, Uh, they're doing great. I've often called him a preaching machine and a Pied Piper to the young people that just follow him automatically, it seems. Here we are pictured with uh, three elders and three deacons up until now. After a few year, after this one year and a few months since the turnover, the church is doing very well, and they're continuing to push forward through various challenges, but yet truly evangelistic in what they're doing in the local community and around uh, the city there. Now, you may remember that we've told you in the past that we have an open door in 22 public high schools in the city. In the fall months that just passed in 2021, Pastor Abraham and his team did a weekly program called the True Love Wait Tours, True Love Waits Tour. And so uh, they've done that for a number of years and going around to all of these schools and literally hundreds of young people accepted Christ this past fall in the city of Arusha. 
Then on the follow-up day, approximately 300 of them attended the church service, especially for them to hear about the next step in their Christian faith. Can we say amen to that? Yeah. Our medical clinic continues to survive and thrive. Dr. Biemba is um, one of the elders at the church, also evangelistic at heart. And just a few weeks ago on December 4th, the clinic staff and the church folks teamed up to do a, a mobile clinic. From time to time, three or four times a year, they'll leave the facility there in the city and go out to a village, do a mobile clinic. And uh, so they went to a town called Mtowa Mbu, and that means Mosquito River. <laughs> so the clinic was done in conjunction with the Bible Baptist Church of Mosquito River. Great name? Yeah. So they cordoned off the sanctuary by hanging sheets to form exam rooms in the church for that mobile clinic. And amazingly, it was their highest attended mobile clinic so far. Typically, 300 to 400 people in a day will come through a mobile clinic. But at this particular one, there were 550 people that came through the campus that day for general medicine, eye exams, ultrasound, tooth extraction, and other stuff that we don't really want to know about today. The cool part is, is that they had a rotation set up for a counseling section so people, as they went through the clinic, they could go through this other section where they could be counseled, prayed for, given the gospel, and a chance to respond to the gospel. And amazingly, 85 people accepted Christ as Savior that day. And now that local pastor, Pastor Joel, has a host of follow-up work to do. Praise God. How many of y'all remember Buena Sefiwe? Only a few. <laughs> That's okay. After the turnover service in Arusha, Mary and I hit the road in Tanzania. In 28 weeks, we were in 25 different churches, encouraging the congregations with preaching and singing, teaching various parenting and marriage seminars along the way. And so grateful for that opportunity to leave the Arusha church, let Abraham continue to get his feet on the ground. And during that time, we were able to be out amongst the village churches. Now, in 2020, during the lead-up time to the turnover, two, two village churches were able to build and be upgraded to more permanent concrete block structures. For example, from this small block structure where they, that it housed a, about a 40 to 50-person congregation normally, but it went from that to this larger concrete block structure with its wonderful purple roof. No statement there, that's just the color that was available at the time when, when the roof needed to go on. And wonderfully, even though it only seats about 200, there were 400 on opening day and 11 people accepted Christ as their savior. Praise the Lord. Well, praise God that up till now in our immediate fellowship, there are 19 village churches, two city churches that we have had a direct hand in starting. And in the fellowship of our Baptist Bible Mission of Tanzania, there are 41 churches, and so we're grateful for that. And I mention these statistics today because it is our privilege and pleasure to once again show all of you that God's plan of churches like Heritage, supporting global workers who carry the gospel to foreign fields, this is a scriptural plan that works and we should all say a hearty amen because our partnership together has allowed all of us to be a part of what God is doing. And we should intend in the new year to continue to be a part of what, is, of what God is doing in the days ahead until Jesus comes, amen. 
There is a momentum that happens naturally because of God's people being faithful through the years as they serve God day by day. Heritage, remember that when you are faithful through the normal and stable times, when there's no big events, yet you're helping normally, that holds down, that holds that, that, that momentum of faithfulness together. After all, Heritage Baptist Church was not so all-encompassing of a ministry uh, from the very beginning. Rather, there's been a steady growth over many years because of the faithful leadership, faithful preaching, faithful teaching, faithful prayers, faithful giving, and faithful service of the leaders and of members. In short, faithfulness. As Mary and I traveled around the U.S. this time, we were reminded again and again of the faithfulness of many of God's people. Among the many churches we visited, we were able to be in two churches, which we had not been back to since support raising in 1989, 32 years ago, and they've been faithfully supporting us all of this time. On two different occasions, older saints came up to us and showed us our original prayer card picture. When Pastor Nathan was three and a half feet tall, Bonnie was two and a half feet tall. I still had hair. My wife hadn't changed. She's still beautiful just like she was then. Points, points. I need points too. <laughs> well, church, I'm grateful to God and to him be the glory for the momentum that has happened in Tanzania. As we return to East Africa in a few weeks at the end of this month and at this age and stage of life, our thoughts are more focused than ever on living by faith again, hanging in there, continued longevity, and finishing well. Take your Bibles, if you would, and open to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. We will read this entire portion and then concentrate on verses 6 through 9. You'll see here that an older saint, Paul, is advising a younger saint, Timothy. So guess what? All of us are represented within this scope from young to aged. 2 Timothy chapter four, beginning in verse one. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am ready... I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This scripture reading comes from God's holy inspired, inerrant word. May he write its, its eternal truth upon all of our hearts today. 
I preached from this text here at Heritage a little over 10 years ago at Nathan's ordination and installation as, uh, in that service when he was installed as the lead pastor. At that time, I concentrated for a few short minutes on verse two, preach the word. And I'm thankful that Nathan has continued to do that and is doing that. And I, as his father, am happy to call my son my pastor. Well, as he and I talked a few weeks ago about a role, my role today, we mentioned faith and uh, principles of longevity and ministry, whether you're a church member, a layman, church leader. Longevity means there must be faithfulness, a faithfulness that begins at the beginning of your walk with the Lord, a faithfulness that continues on through every day of our lives, a faithfulness that will help you and I to finish well. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 9, Paul's unmistakable emphasis is on finishing well. And we know there's a myriad of Christian books with this title, uh, this emphasis. And that's our title today. That's our big idea today. That is hanging in there. Longevity, finishing well. I understand that some of the students from Liberty have come back today or are here in the services today because they came back this weekend. Well, I remember at the orientation meeting of my first year at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, the leader of that meeting stood before us and said, two-thirds of you will not make it till graduation. You will wash out. That statement made me feel a bit indignant, and I was challenged at that point to say, I will finish, I will graduate, I will not be a part of the two-thirds washout. And even though it wasn't easy, and there were some pretty slippery days and some almost washout days, to be honest, by God's grace and by cramming the four-year course into five, I made it. (laughs) Well, in this year, this new year of 2022, many are anxious to start that new diet or exercise program. But hanging in there over the long haul, that's the tough part. Similarly, we can say that even getting married, exciting, relatively easy. Staying married through the struggles, adjustments, and trials is not always an easy matter. I can say also that starting churches in East Africa is not a hard thing at all. In fact, it's fun. There's people crying for us to come and start a church in their village. However, discipling believers to the level of maturity that is needed not easy. We can say the same is true of our Christian life, folks. Becoming a Christian is not that difficult of a process, honestly. Acknowledge to God that you are a sinner, receive by faith the free gift of eternal life that Christ provided for us by his shed blood. You can't work for salvation nor do anything to qualify for it, but God gives it freely to all that recognize their need and then they trust in Christ alone. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, you know the verses well. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If you jump down to Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. But then comes the hard part. The living of the Christian life on our part. Sanctification day by day. 
hanging in there as a Christian in a world that is hostile towards God and his people. From within, the flesh entices you to forsake Christ and to gratify sinful desires. The enemy hits you with temptation after temptation. And the real test of your faith is, will you endure? And the answer is, no. You will not endure, you cannot endure, except for listening to and accepting the leading of the power of the Holy Spirit which is in you, who resides in the heart and life of a true believer. Say amen. Yeah. There are a number of people here at Heritage whom I view as heroes because you're running the race well. Others, like Paul, you too have run the race and the time of departure, well... Let's just say that you're thinking about it a little bit more these days than in days gone by. You haven't crossed the finish line yet. You're still here, but with more behind you than in front of you, sometimes thinking about that event is on our minds. Well, in the whole book of 2 Timothy, Paul is saying to Timothy over and over again, Timothy, keep on feeding the white hot flame of God's gift in you, namely unashamed courage to speak openly of Christ and even to suffer for the gospel if necessary. Paul doesn't cease with that instruction, even in his concluding uh, comments here. All that he has said is designed to encourage Timothy in the race that he's running. In fact, young people today in the church here, you be encouraged too. You put yourself in the place of Timothy in this inspirational address of Paul. In verses six through eight, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, I'm about to cross the finish line. You cross the finish line too. I'm about to finish my race. You finish the race too. Now, the application is pretty straightforward, isn't it? Those who have gone before us are inspirational to those of us who are at the beginning or in the middle or wherever that you find yourself in the race. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses one and two should be a great motivation for you. The truth is we should be striving to be motivated by others and to motivate others, Jesus Christ being the chief motivator of all of it. Several weeks ago, Mary and I sat with the Go Group of uh, global worker candidates here at Heritage. And praise God for this group of young global workers. We are so impressed. One of the questions that I asked was, what is your greatest fear? My own personal answer to that question was the same answer that several of them gave, and that is fear of failure. Mary and I say that um, one of the many, many motivations and blessings that has helped us to face that fear of failure and to keep on keeping on through the years is indeed the great cloud of witnesses with Jesus Christ at the front. When we went to East Africa back in the beginning, ultimately, I didn't want to uh, disappoint my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I didn't want to disappoint my God who saved my soul and changed my life. I can add to that as well and say I didn't want to disappoint my pastor or my youth director or all of the others who had poured their lives into serving the Lord in our church, which of course contributed to my own calling from the Sunday school to the junior church to the youth department with all the crazy and yet wonderful events, all of the teachers and workers and sponsors of those departments. We don't want to let them down either. So Paul is saying to Timothy now, I've run the race I can see the end. You run the race 
too. You crossed the finish line too. Your goal is nothing short of that finish line. There's no aim in ministry. There's no temporary or temporal success in the business world. There's no earthly satisfaction short of that finish line. That will do. Cross the finish line well. Finish well. By doing well. Now. Praise God. Recently, an older preacher of the gospel has pastored more than 50 years in one one church said this. He said, when I was a young preacher, I aspired to be someone great. Now, having seen so many moral failures among church leaders and among the congregation, all I want to do is cross the finish line without shaming God's people and without abandoning my Lord. I want to simply finish well. I'm not talking about working for your salvation, by the way. Jesus finished that work a long time ago. Your salvation is intact from the moment that you believed and were born again into the family of God. What I'm talking about is the honor of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by our faithful dependence on him for doing well and finishing well in our lives. In 1992, now 30 years ago, I met an old German man in Tanzania named Helmut Graf. He and his wife, Brunhilda, I'm not making that up, that's really her name, Um, they had already been serving in Tanzania, Africa for 45 years with their church plants, a translation facility and a publication facility. We were privileged to have him speak at our Bible Institute from time to time. And this dear couple, now a part of the great cloud of witnesses in heaven, they were an example to us young Timothys at the time to do well and to finish well. Faithful longevity, Yielding spiritual dividends by his life, by their life, he told us, you run the race too. By the way, if you are one of those who has stumbled along the way, perhaps even fallen, or are a victim of someone else's fall, remember that God delights in forgiveness and restoration for those who truly humble themselves in asking for forgiveness. God delights in making what has been broken whole. He'll delight in using you and his great plan in some way or another. Need another example? Look right here. I'm an example of something, someone who was broken but now whole. I remember so many years ago in the youth department singing our, our version of Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like you. (laughs) That was kind of a funny moment. But those of us who have been saved and we know Christ is our Savior, we know the truth of that song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. A wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Another quick example you know, sometimes we, don't, we just don't know what our day-to-day faithful plotting will, will, will do or yield. About 12 years ago, the Tanzanian churches banded together to send their first cross-cultural missionary to another country. Daudi Likama and his wife Berta were sent out by the church in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. It's a church that was uh, where, where David Jones and Bonnie Jones worked. So their church and our church in Arusha make up about 90% of Dowdy's support. 
Off they went to the country of Mozambique, just south of Tanzania, learned the Portuguese language, which is the lingua franca of the country. They began working in a totally 100% Muslim area. They they began by building relationships, of course, and then storying the Old Testament under a tree. Two people, three people, four people, slowly, Over the years, there have been amazing stories of Muslim men and women coming to Christ slowly. Amazing stories of Dawdi himself being shunned by the community, later to be accepted. Shunned and then accepted again. Well, this Christmas, just a few days ago, you can see the results of this faithful man and his wife slowly witnessing to the people of this totally Muslim village. Here you can see a Christian gathering of over 50 people, a church meeting under a tree, praising our Savior Jesus Christ, faithful longevity in a place where the message is not wanted, running the race in the face of being scorned by the surrounding society, carrying the baton of the gospel when others are falling away. Why does Dowdy do it? For the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you ask him, how did you stand it? How have you been able to be faithful? He would say, not by my strength, but because of God himself, because of the Holy Spirit enabling us. So by Dowdy and Berta's lives of faithfulness, they're saying, you be faithful too. Amen? What does the apostle have to say about longevity and finishing well? Well, a lot more than I do this morning. But notice that in verse six, Paul speaks about his present. He says, I am. Then in verse seven, he refers to his past, I have And then in verse eight, he says, henceforth, or in the future. That is, to finish well, let us keep in mind Paul's view of the present, the past, and the future. Three quick points this morning from this passage. If you're taking notes, I'll be faithful to give you the one and the A and the B and the C and all that stuff. So number one, to finish well, keep in focus Paul's view of the present. Three key words here will help us to hang in there and eventually finish well. They are discipleship, sacrifice, and departure. So A, under this number one, discipleship. Paul could finish well because he had reproduced himself in others. At the beginning of verse six, we see this emphatic pronoun, I. And the flow of thought is this. Timothy, you preach the word even in the face of opposition because I, Paul, am being poured out. I am handing you the torch to carry. So Paul had discipled men like Timothy and now he's challenging Timothy to continue to disciple others. Each of us who know Christ as our savior need to ask ourselves, are we too involved in that program, that of discipling others? If you know Christ as savior and are walking with him, then he too is calling you at some level to be involved in discipleship. You can begin at home. Every Christian parent ought to be waging an all-out campaign to train uh, sons and daughters to follow Jesus Christ. It doesn't happen by accident. It is very intentional. Beyond the immediate family, we ought to have a vision of reproducing ourselves in the lives of others. Godly men passing on to other young men. Godly women passing on to other young women. So that when you're gone, the 
uh, gospel continues on because of your influence, because of Christ working in you and through you to bring others along. The truth is this, young people here today, when you look at others who have spent some years serving Christ, there's a day when we're not around and we who are older need you who are younger to be the ones that say, yes, I'm taking up the torch, I'm taking up the baton and I too will disciple others. By the way, do you know that most discipleship principles are caught and not taught? Hope you got that. Most discipleship principles are caught and not taught. Simply put, teach, yes, but even more, teach by your example. Everyone can do that, can't we? Then sacrifice, that's B. Paul could finish well because he viewed his life as an offering to God. His whole life after salvation had been a living sacrifice presented unto God. Now his death would be the drink offering poured on top of that. So this means to finish well, we should view all of our life as an act of sacrificial worship to God. Just as Paul put it in Romans chapter 12 and verse one, he said, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living what? Sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. C, departure. Paul could finish well because he viewed his impending death as departure. The time of my departure has come, he said in verse six. And the word departure that Paul used was a vivid one here. Historically, we're told that the word departure was, was described um, to, to, to describe the, unyo- the unyoking of an animal from a plow or cart. Therefore, death means getting away from that work, away from the labors and toils of this life. It was also used for the loosening of the bonds of a prisoner. Therefore, death is a release from the bonds of this corruptible body. It was also used for loosening the ropes of a soldier's tents. This suggests that at death, the battle's over. Victory's won, packing up, going home. So if you have Paul's view of death as departure, you can be able to finish well without fear and even with anticipation, knowing that to, do, to depart and be with Christ is much better, as Philippians 1.23 says. We continue to train ourselves to embrace this thought and to be able to say with Paul, like Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Number two, we've seen Paul's present view. Let's look at his past view. Number two, to finish well, keep in focus Paul's view of the past. See, Paul was able to look back on his past in Christ and say confidently that he had done well. He could say, I've done what God called me to do. To be able to join Paul in saying that at the end of our lives, we should be able to make these three statements in verse seven, just as he did. A, I fought the good fight. When you come to the end of your life, will you be able to look back and say, I've been involved at least at some level in the struggle of the cause of Christ? Paul's using an athletic metaphor here, either of wrestling or of a, of a, of a race. It conveys that the Christian life isn't easy, but rather that it's a struggle against the forces of evil. And it's not just any fight, but it's the good fight the fight of the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and for the salvation of the souls of people. B, he said, I have finished the race. I've not dropped out of the race. He's referring to a long race. You've heard it said that the Christian life is a marathon, not a sprint. 
Since finishing a marathon well is not easy, when you see a man like Paul who sprints across the finish line, you ought to try to find out what his secret is. Well, some of you have run marathons. I've never run one. But I know that it can't be easy. My original sending pastor, Reverend Jack Bridges, now a part of the great cloud of witnesses, he once told me about jogging. He said, when I see a jogger with a smile on his face while jogging, perhaps I'll take it up. (laughs) Friends, it shows us too that the marathon of the Christian life is not always easy. Many of you know this better than I do. There is joy, of course, but there are also many trials that require endurance. So Christian, make up your mind to hang in there with the Lord, to trust the Lord so that by his grace and strength, through even the tough times, through sometimes the almost unbearable times, you can look back with Paul at the end and say, I have finished the course. I have finished the race, not because of my strength, but because of Jesus in me. See, he said, I've kept the faith. He said, I've guarded the truth about Christ. Several times in these letters to Timothy, Paul has talked about the deposit that Timothy was to guard. In 1 Timothy 6.20, he said, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. In 2 Timothy 1.14, he said, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. He was referring to the truth of the gospel, the the core doctrines of the Christian faith. And when Paul says that he's kept the faith, he means that he's carefully guarded the truth about Jesus Christ that God has entrusted to him. Likewise, I want to say to all of you this morning, you can't keep a faith that you are unclear about. I'll say it again. You can't keep a faith that you are unclear about. So sink down some roots and sound doctrine. Know what you believe and why you believe it. Let me give a quick little commercial. This past Wednesday in the gathering, it was the beginning of a 10-week course and teaching on the core beliefs, knowing what you believe and why you believe it, as Pastor Kent already said as well. And as Pastor Nathan taught, I I was thoroughly challenged and duly blessed. I'd encourage you to attend if you're not already involved somewhere else on Wednesdays. Okay, so we've seen that Paul could finish well because he could focus and look at his present. He could focus and look at his past in verse seven. And then thirdly, and we're finishing here, to finish well, keep in focus Paul's view of the future. Two aspects. A, Paul could finish well because he hoped to meet the Lord, the righteous judge. And here's the good thing, folks. We as Christians, we don't have to fear meeting the righteous judge. The world should fear and even dread it because he is a righteous judge. But for us, the Bible says in Romans 8, 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In John 5, 24, he says that the one who believes in him does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Praise God. We don't have to fear. So that hope of meeting the Lord, the righteous judge, who will welcome us into heaven on the basis of his perfect righteousness, that hope for the future helps us to run the race now with endurance. B, and I finished with this. Paul could finish well because he lived in view of that day. He said, I'm gonna get a crown of righteousness on that day. 
We know that this crown is for those who have endured, have gone, who have gone forward. The Bible teaches that some, our rewards will differ. Some will receive rewards that get burned up because they were not based on Christ. First Corinthians chapter three says that. But clearly Paul lived in view of that day when he would stand before Christ, so should we. The fact that we will stand before the Lord, the righteous judge on that day, that fact should motivate us to live righteously on this day. The righteous judge on that day motivates us to live righteously on this day. That's why Paul could finish well. That's why he said, I'm crossing the finish line. You finish the finish line too. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Perhaps your circumstances are good today. You have nothing to complain about. You're looking to the new year with great hope. Amen. Keep on keeping on. Longevity. Run the race. But perhaps your circumstances are not that good. Maybe even dismal. Maybe you're considering dropping out of the Christian race and just existing and pushing on through life like so many other people. But listen, from his prison, the aged apostle calls out to you and I and says, don't quit, keep going, hang in there. Longevity, you too can finish well. If there's someone here who has any questions at all about what it means to be a true believer of Christ, we invite you to come and talk to one of the pastors here at the front of the service. May 2022 find us faithful to the Lord, running the race, longevity, hanging in there for the long haul, seeking to cross the finish line, seeking to finish well. Lord Jesus, I bow before you to say thank you for your faithful church who have come today to listen to the preaching of your word. Would you encourage that older saint who's thinking about the days when they'll be crossing the finish line. Would you encourage the saint that's halfway through and Lord, help them to be faithful where they are to continue to do well now, aiming to cross the finish line. Would you help the young people here today, dear Lord, who are at the beginning of doing well, help them to uh, set their face like a flint to decide that they'll be following you all of their lives. Oh Lord, Fill them too with the power of your Holy Spirit. Help them to take up the torch and the baton of the gospel and to carry it into the days ahead. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.